0: Good afternoon, everyone. So good to see all of you here today. And for those who are online, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Wish that you are here with us. Before I proceed, allow me to wish everyone a blessed Chinese New Year. And um, yeah, and may each one of us have good health and a wonderful, abundant year this year. We continue today in our sermon series on the life of David. David is, is one of my favorite um, Bible characters in the Old Testament. And, you know, and reading the Psalms also revealed to us tells us more about the heart of David, right? And in looking at the life of David, in looking at the life of David, we cannot help but also notice the people around him You know, the Old Testament is full of narrative Full of what interesting stories And it is very interesting that the Bible not only records for us The good of a person It also records for us the of bad of a person So it, it is of which all All of which we can take time to reflect and learn from so as we read about the stories of david we cannot help but notice this other person that he was that was constantly in his life and that's king saul we see as we read through the old testament first samuel chapter one and i mean first samuel and second samuel we see how they conducted their lives as well As their relationship before God So as we move on Let us just look to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Let's pray Father, we come before you this afternoon And God, we As we study this very very popular person in the Old Testament The life of David Lord, we just pray that you will come and grant us new insights, new revelation as we look into this part of his life and we look into the part, this part of Saul's life. So, Lord, we just ask your Holy Spirit to come and shed light into your work today for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We all know that David is popularly, is very popular. And he is popular because we all say, when you, when you ask someone, who is the man after God's heart in the, in the Bible? Who would you say? David. So he is known, well known as a man after God's heart. But what does this mean? What does it mean to be a man after God's heart? I was reading this book on the life of David. And the author has something very interesting to talk about The heart I thought I will share this with you The heart Reflects The real person So this author Jenny, Says that the heart reflects the real person It reflects The mental centre of a person The heart knows The heart understands, reflects Consider and remembers It's all so-called what you say It's all up there And then the emotional centre It is the seed of joy Courage, pain, anxiety Despair, sorrow and fear Isn't it true? And the moral centre Scripture tells us that God tries the heart God sees the heart Refines the heart And searches the heart I guess this is where the inner man lies When we pray for someone For God to strengthen the person's inner man This is what we talk about God strengthen our heart We often hear this saying That the matter of the heart Is the heart of the matter Or the heart of the matter Is the matter of the heart Think about it it is quite true Let's say it Let me say it again The matter of the heart Is the heart of the matter It's the core of the matter The heart of the matter the, the heart of the matter Is the matter of the heart It goes both ways So basically A lot of things that we do And the way that we express ourselves Come down to where our heart is The matter of the heart, the heart of the matter. (laughs) That's all our thoughts and feelings all begin. So think about this saying and you will find that it is true. Therefore, it is important to guard our hearts. It is important to be careful how our heart responds to situation and to the influences and the people around us. And the circumstances that often challenged us However, we need to take heed In this verse that Jeremiah says Jeremiah 7 verse 9 and 10 it says The heart is deceitful above all things And desperately sick Oh dear Who can understand it? Here the Lord I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to the ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So this, this verse gives us a warning that we don't sometimes understand our heart, our own heart, and our own heart may sometimes deceive us. So it, what we feed ourselves or what we feed our heart matters. So the passage before us today it is quite interesting to observe the heart condition of David and Saul as we read their story. So in, in our sermon series so far we have seen the prophet Samuel came and appointed and anoint David the, the young shepherd boy to be the king of to be the next king of Israel. But David had to go through a series of learning and training before he eventually took that place. Then we followed David to the battlefield where he zealously defended the name of the Lord as he fought and defeated Goliath and gave glory to God. So David fought and won the battle in the name of the Lord and giving glory to God. Then last week, we saw David has a BFF, a best friend forever, in the person of Jonathan, who stood by him and honoured him. So David found a friend, a true friend. Today, we look at the relationship of David and Saul. So we have taken a dreadful turn. Let's look at the passage. As, as I read, let your imagination run wild on that day when it happened. Okay, so one Samuel chapter eighteen verses six to sixteen. One Samuel eighteen. As they were coming home and David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul. With tamarinds, with song of joy And with musical instruments And the women sang to one another As they celebrated Saul has struck down the thousands And David his ten thousands And Saul was very angry And this saying displeased him He said They have ascribed to David ten thousands And to me they have a scrap, thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house whilst David was playing the lyre, and as he did day by day. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurt the spear, for he his, for his thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. So Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings. And the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. And all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. I wonder what's your impression after reading this this part of the story? Would you say, this Saul... Ayo! Oh wow, David, or oh, poor Saul. Who do you identify with? Here we have just finished the battle. We see that they have just finished the battle. And returning home, plumbly on their horses, riding down the streets of the city. And the crowds came and the crowds cheer. And the crowd came to cheer their king. King Saul to welcome their hero. Saul was their national hero. But now, there's a new hero in town. They ascribe more credit to David than Saul, simply because David defeated Goliath the giant. Our topic today is dealing with envy and jealousy. It is very obvious that this is when envy and jealousy entered Saul's heart. He was the first king of Israel. He was popular. He was tall. He was good-looking. He was highly regarded. He was their national hero. But now... David came along and became the new hero. In, In his book, in the same book on the life of David, the author said this, the most, the severest form of jealousy normally emerges when the popularity of one person is superseded by the popularity of another. That's what happened in Saul's case. David unintentionally challenged Saul's popularity when he slew Goliath. He was lauded for his great exploit in battle, and suddenly Saul's popularity was replaced by David. If you were in Saul's shoe, how would you have felt at that point of time? maybe you may have felt the same way so both david and saul acted according to how their heart felt so let's take a look at what saul and david actually do so what did they do first of all saul got angry we'll look at saul first saul got angry it is like the seeds, it is like the seeds that were seated in, there was just like seeds that's planted in, in, in Saul's heart then. Seeds that's planted in the Saul's heart. You know, we all know that it is okay to be angry. The Bible did not tell us that do not get angry, but the Bible says that be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give an opportunity to the devil. He says, be angry, but do not sin. It is okay to be the angry, to be angry. Saul did not deal with his anger. He did not sit down and be rational about it. He allowed the devil to piggyback on his anger and had the and allowed the devil had a field day in his mind. Then Then next, what happened? Then he allowed bitterness to enter and grow. And in Proverbs, Proverbs 27 has a very interesting verse to tell us. Proverbs 27 says this, For jealousy makes a man furious, and and he will not spare when he takes refuge. So so when he takes revenge. So it means that when jealousy grow roots in our heart. When some, when we allow jealousy to take root in our heart, he will not spare when he take revenge. When you want to want to have revenge, when you want to scheme, then your mind will have a field day. And in chapter twenty seven it says, Rose is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? So what it meant to say is that jealous, envy and jealousy will cripple a person's behaviour. It will cripple the way we think. We, we, we become so... You see that Saul be, lost his rational, and, rational thinking. He couldn't think right anymore. He has allowed... Envy and jealousy to so overwhelmed him. And he was mastered by his envy and jealousy. And in the end, what did he do? He started to throw spear. We have the anger, we allow it to take root, and then in the end, he began to throw spear. And James chapter 3, verse 16 says, For where jealousies and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So when we are mastered by envy and jealousy, our mind will not be very sane. Our mind will grow mad. We will think of all kinds of schemes To get back We will think of all kinds of To get back that popularity Or get back so called Get back your position So that's what Scripture tells us And then what did David do? David continued To serve Paul Sorry Serve Saul faithfully Day by day He continued to serve Saul and played music for him. And he submitted to Saul's authority. Saul tell him to do this, he do this. And when when Saul sent him away to be a commander, he obeyed that command. He didn't say, hey, I'm supposed to replace you, no? Please step aside, no. He knew that was part of his training. And he continued to trust and rely in the Lord. He continued to rely and trust in the Lord. He continued to be a worshipper before the Lord and continued to have his relationship with the Lord. And then he grew to be successful because we read just now that the Lord was with him. So that means to say that He had an ongoing relationship with the Lord So we learn from David to remain faithful Serving and to have an ongoing relationship with the Lord Trusting and relying on the Lord You know, as we think about it Both Saul and David, they had a weapon in their hands Saul had a spear, David had a sling But Saul has allowed this envy and jealousy to so cripple his behaviour, so much so that he ended up throwing this spear not at the enemy, but his own. Now he threw the the spear at David, and David evaded him twice, right, as he read read just now. And in chapter 20, he threw the spear at who? He threw a spear at his own son, who was just trying to defend his good friend, David. And then David had a sling. Who did he throw the sling at? He threw the sling at the national enemy, Goliath. And as we were reminded by Pastor Darren a couple of weeks ago, that the sling had also very special significance to Saul. Because... Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin, and the tribe of Benjamin, supposed to be very famous with, in the use of the sling. And now, and, Ju- and David was from the tribe of Judah, and David has used something that was popular in the tribe of Saul to fight against the enemy. He lucky more, few painful, angry and jealous, right? So Saul couldn't couldn't take it. Saul's heart couldn't take what he has experienced. So you may ask me there's a question before we move on. There's a question that I want to ask you Was David aware of Saul's jealousy? Do you think he was aware? How many of you think that he was aware? No right and wrong answer How many of you? Let me see your hand Okay. How many of you think that he, he was not aware? Okay, half, half huh? okay, Never mind, you can argue it out in your cell group huh? Maybe he knew But Didn't know that it would be so bad Maybe he knew, but he didn't know it was so bad. Maybe he didn't know. He was just unintentional in what he did and think that he was just doing the country a favor. He was doing country. He was zealously trying to protect the name of the Lord. That's all he did. Then later on, when he had to run for his life, then he realized that things had gone bad with the king. Now what did they not do? What did Saul not do? And what did David not do? First of all, Saul did not see the positive side of this young man He did not see it as an opportunity to nurture and mentor this young man Who had great potential to be someone great in the kingdom You know, in discipling someone in discipleship in discipling someone mentoring someone or what a lot of people call coaching someone we we what we hope to do we want to bring out the best of a person correct and then we are not afraid that this person one day will be better than you because if the person is better a wow, while you can say you know this is my disciple once you know i mentored him but sadly Saul did not see the positive side of David Then, the second thing he did not do is He did not confront his own envy and jealousy Rather, he allowed this emotion to master him That's why he began to throw spear He did not sit down and he did not reflect He did not repent And seek help from God He did not say, God, that was an ugly emotion That has helped me to deal with it No, he did not repent Neither did he seek help Then what did David do? David could have turned around and said Hey, you old man Or hey, you, but no He can turn around and ask Saul, why do you do this to me? But he He said no. He chose not to let success get into his head and into his heart. He chose not to do that. He could have, right? After all, he killed that giant. He chose not to be affected by Saul, but continue to serve Saul faithfully day by day. He chose not to fight against this emotional giant in Saul. This emotional giant is the envy and jealousy. He chose not to fight it. We can choose not to fight it. We can choose not to by submitting to the Lord. And He chose not to touch the Lord's anointed. In Samuel 24, we read of how this... Envy and jealousy and fearful Saul went in pursuit of David in the desert land and wilderness. You know, Saul has allowed his behaviour to so cripple him that wherever he hear where David was, he wanted to kill him. He was trying to kill David. There were opportunities when David could have easily Gotten rid of Saul and took over the throne. He could have, but he chose not to. Yet David chose to recognize Saul as the Lord's anointed and did not say so. When his men told him, he said this. Let's look at David's reply. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put up my hands against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So let's recognize the authority that's over us, that the Lord has placed over us. And when our time comes to to do something, do something great, our time will come. And like somebody said, now we are all entered into one university, and the university of hard knocks. And David was in this university of hard knocks. And back to our passage. Saul became afraid of David because the Lord was with him and had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings for the Lord was with him. And, the Lord, and Saul saw that, the, that he had great success He stood in fearful awe of him All Israel and Judah loved David For he went out and came in before them Saul was trying to do something ugly to David By so-called becoming in charge of a small group of people But the Lord was with him He was successful because the Lord was with him. He went out, he went... Scripture says that he went out and came in before the people. He he must have become a very popular guy. Go around, shake hands, say hello to people. And he became a popular guy. And the Lord was with him throughout. Then as a result, what happened? As a result, Saul became more fearful... He says Saul became more fearful of David's success, and not only he became more fearful, he continued to want to throw his spear. There is a book that I read is called "Saul, the Spear-Throwing King." He was more fearful because he did not, he could not handle his own position and his popularity that has now been threatened. And that David was getting more popular, knowing that the Lord was with David and the Lord has left him, left Saul. So he couldn't handle them. So he became more fearful. At this point, if he has repented, I'm sure things would have been different. But David became more successful and probably more popular because the Lord was the same. So, what can we learn from here? I have put together this acronym called H.E.A.R.T. Just some practical tips. First of all, honor the Lord. In all that we do, seek to honor the Lord. The great commandment tells us to love the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength. We need to honour the Lord above all else in everything that we do. Then enjoy and embrace what we have. If someone is more popular and more skillful, praise the Lord that there is somebody like this and tap on their expertise. Not get jealous, huh? Don't let it get into your heart. They always value the potential in others. I, I, I've been a worship leader for many years. And those music, musicians I work with know that I cannot play the piano. I cannot play the guitar. They say, learn. I say, never mind. You play and I sing. Let's work as a team. It's okay. So always value the potential in others If someone is better than you You'll be their cheerleader So we'll be each other's cheerleader Then reflect and renew our minds always Scripture tells us in Romans To tell us to renew our mind And know what is good, acceptable and perfect So we have to renew our mind Take time to reflect on our own behaviour and renew our mind. And finally, trust and submit to Him our own weaknesses. And trust and rely on the Lord. We learn to submit to the Lord our weaknesses. Sometimes our weaknesses are our blind spot. But as we learn to trust the Lord and talk to Him, I'm sure the Lord will speak to us. In James 3:16, it says, "For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. We don't want to do that, but instead, we want to trust the Lord. We want to honor the Lord. We want to enjoy what we have. We want to value, always value the potential of others. We want to take our time to reflect. And we take our time to trust in the Lord and submit to Him our weaknesses. Will you do that today? As we close, let's take some time, close our eyes, and look to the Lord. And let's check our mental center our emotional center, our moral center, and that is our heart. How's your heart today? Is there an emotional giant that you're dealing with, that you're facing today? If there is, let's submit to the Lord. Allow the power of God's love to so consume us and change us to be more like Him. Father, we come before You this afternoon. You know us more than anyone else. You say in Your Word that the heart matters to You. You seize our heart. The Lord sees each one of our hearts. And God, we ask that you search our hearts today. If there's any emotional, giant, envy, jealousy, anger, or any negative emotion that is plaguing us, help us, Lord, to submit it to you. Let your love, the power of your love, So overwhelmed us. Yes, Lord, as we look to you in Jesus' name.